Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first annual Public Skull Talkers. This is annual. <laughs> I, well, yeah. whatever, like the first seasonal. There we go. Yeah. The seasonal. seasonal there it is. Man talk the to the audience. No, Public Skull Talkers. We can't tell, steal that from the Talking Simpsons boys. Welcome. <laughs> uh, this is the first Public Skull Talkers at the end of our first season. My name's Casey Green. I do the voice of Doodoo. Uh, below me, if everyone has the same uh, outlook on our uh, fucking Discord, we have Cohen Edenfield, the Game Master. Hey, it's me. I'm the Game Master, and I'm all the fun care. I'm all your favorite characters mm-hmm. who aren't the main characters. We got Amber Carr. Hi, I'm Amber. I do the voice of Dylan Pickleman. True. Beloved NPC. No, I'm Felicity. I do Felicity. Yeah. God damn, she got us again. And of course, Jess O'Brien, uh, who plays Visk, the Goo Man. Howdy, howdy. I'm also the editor. I put all the sounds and musics on there. I don't <laughs> yeah. make the musics, but I put the music. in there. Yeah, Seth makes the musics. He, uh, they are not here at the moment, um, but we are to answer your end of season questions. Uh, usually this is only for Patreons, uh, which we do after every episode, and you should join if you're not. But since this is the end of the season, we're going to do something special. And uh, put it open for the public, which we did. Yeah. And we have a lot of questions. We sure do. I'm excited. Beautiful intro, Casey. You nailed it. Thank you. Crushed that. Well, let's just go ahead and get to it because we got a lot of questions. Um, does it start here, right here with uh, Salix? Is that what I'm looking at? Uh, that one's from uh, the previous episode, actually. <laughs> but it's fine. We can answer it anyway. Yeah. All right. This is going to be for season one and our previous episode, which was happy hour, right? Yes, yes. This question is about graveyard shift, but that's fine, too. That's fine, fine too. That's part of the season. So we're just going to go in order that we see them. Uh, This one's from uh, Salix. That's how they pronounce it, correct? I think it's Salix. 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 Salix, my mistake. They, (laughs) them, permanent resident. Oh, that's right. I got these things. Hang on a second. I think it's this one. Damn it. Damn it. It is not that one. That's a reverse air horn. What the fuck? <laughs> it's a reverse air horn? You play it when somebody else does their air horn and they cancel each other. That really off. does sound like the, the Silent Hill air horn. I invented it specifically for, for when Dan Riker like, got one over on me. Because it's like, this is the reverse of a victory. So the opposite of an air horn plays. I'm sorry. This is permanent resident, I think. Permanent resident. Permanent resident. Stay a while and ask. Stay a while. Stay a while and question. I forget what I said for permanent resident. (laughs) That's the only time I'm playing the long version. I made short versions. Don't worry. We're not going to be here for four hours. It's fine. All right. From Salix, permanent resident, (laughs) they, them. Uh, Why did no one insight check the weirdo in the graveyard? Y'all wilding. (laughs) Ah, I've got an answer for this. I just assumed that was a standard Cohen Edenfield. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. First of all, all, I'm new enough at D&D that I didn't really know if I could be like, can I insight check this guy? No, I can. Let me hop in there. No, Uh, you can't. Yeah, go ahead. Hop in there, Cohen. Yeah, that's not so. That's not how it works. You don't get to call. They don't get to call checks. They they, I, they can try. They've tried, and I try to be pretty uh, strict about it. But it's like there's this, there's this temptation, especially if you're coming from video games, to be like, all right, I want to use the skill in my thing, mm-hmm. which is to do a nature check. But it's like that's not how it works. You tell me what you're trying to do, and I'll tell you how to do it. And the truth is, they add a lot. They had a lot of questions about handsome Steve, but they did not have. <laughs> questions like hey are you like an evil fucker who's gonna betray us and as a result the assumption is usually probably which is why we didn't like 
most of the other characters you make up for us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I mean, like, that's just... the thing, right? Yeah. Like, a, like a lot of the NPCs we meet are strange fuckers. So he was not a notably strange enough fucker for us to be genuinely suspicious of him. But also, like I said, like, I, I feel like, you know, being like, can I insect check, insight check this guy? Insect checked would have worked too. Yeah, actually, actually it would have been a great um, check to run. Animal handling. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, just, just asking that probably would have gotten a no. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, yeah, I would say, well, what are you looking for? That's what I do. It's like, I don't, I, I try to, if it's like, a, what are you trying to yeah. figure out? Yeah. Is this guy a weirder freak than usual? Yeah. <laughs> Vibe check. Then I fucking hit him with a folding chair. Yeah. yeah it's also like when a guy is like, okay, this guy is like weird and half insect and has an annoying voice and doesn't seem to be saying anything helpful. Okay, that's just like a standard goaltender's character. Yeah, that does not move the needle for me, yeah. He was also super helpful. He was like, oh, come this way. Oh, you got to open yeah. this gate. Like yeah, he was, he didn't he was seem moving totally... things along. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's also it, part of it too. Is like skull tenders because it's not just a campaign for fun, but it's also a piece of media that's being created for people to listen to. Is sometimes we roll with things a little looser or a little less cautiously than you might in a yeah. home game, yeah. because you want it to move at a pace that uh, will be entertaining for the listener. And it's usually also more entertaining for the listener if you aren't uh, overly cautious because. The danger and the tension that goes along with being caught in that way is engaging to the listener. Yeah, also, yeah. like being too tactical isn't actually fun to listen to. I think. Yeah, exactly. I think it's more it's more interesting to make uh, silly mis- silly decisions. Than I would also tactical ones. Yeah, if you're just looking into every little thing you can see as you're playing, like I don't know, Baldur's Gate, you're, you're going to be stuck in the main area forever. Yeah, mm-hmm. look, that's why I stopped playing. Or well, yep. <laughs> one of the reasons. Uh, <laughs> uh, <Okay>. The. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the truth, that's the, yeah, that's the truth. And also, the thing is, it, none of this is set in stone. If they had been super, super suspicious of him, well, no. He was not going to be, you know, he he was where the zombies came from. That that wasn't going to change. I already came up with that guy and did a cool drawing. So, he was pretty fixed as <laughs> a fucker. Uh, yep. But, you know, it all worked out in the end. I'll insight check Horatio next time we meet him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Take him down a notch. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like start calling checks for guys like that. I'm gonna be like, I want to get an animal handling check on this guy. <laughs> yeah. I could be like, All right, that's that's a human. You're gonna have to roll really well. <laughs> yeah, I, I hit a twenty <laughs> to find that out. Ah, uh, it seems that man is the most dangerous animal of all. You should Got him. Who wants to ask this next one? Uh, how about we go? Uh, I think in uh, clockwise picture order, I believe. And next would be Cohen. Ah, right. uh, yes. From Chip Chasterson, Obsidian and Bone, he asks, Locked in, locked in, City Bone. Click, click, boom, it's the sound of the stereotype. <laughs> How dare you start asking the question before the <laughs> sound bite plays? How well, fucking dare you? My mistake. How dare I indeed. You'd never make uh, it morning radio. God, professionalism. Uh, which two Simpsons characters is Visk based on? Oh, right. I mentioned this absolutely yeah. ages ago on a different Skull Talkers. I feel like one of these is obvious and one I have no clue. Yeah. One I know. One I, the other I don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, somebody asked, like, what were your character inspirations? And I was saying that there was a bunch of accidental ones. Vivi uh, and Steiner from Final Fantasy IX, uh, which I had not played when I made this character. But I mentioned there was two Simpsons ones that uh, it's not going to be super obvious yet who those are and that was before episode 
four when the mayor crush was introduced. So we got some Smithers in there. So, yeah, that's the one I knew. I was like, it's gotta what? be Smithers. I was thinking that was Smithers gonna be my, and... my other guess because I know the other one is Frank Grimes. The other one is Frank Grimes, and ah, you're going to see that. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna see that very overtly referenced <laughs> in uh, the next episode coming up. Actually, that's so. how you got that's how you got your electricity powers. I I got indulgent. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, that that is the two Simpsons characters that I was like, oh shit, it's just mm, those two combined. Okay, that's fine. Doodoo's oh. is Barney and Homer. Oh, mm. yeah. all, actually, all the barflies <laughs> except for <laughs> Mo. Mo doesn't count. Nah, if I could go back and do it over, I would introduce more disco stew elements into my character. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. So you you don't realize these things until later, unfortunately. There's always time for character growth, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> introduce more disco stew elements as the show goes on yeah mm-hmm. yeah do the, do the cadence at least <laughs> yeah I'll start, start talking, talking in third, like in third person yeah yeah felicity wants to have one yeah exactly felicity fairweather on the case <laughs> <laughs> all right uh ask us the next one amber you got it this one's from monsieur shock uh an obsidian and bone member Okay, shorter version, go. <laughs> when will Visk finally get a win? Visk got a gun. What, last episode wasn't a win? I was going to say Visk gets a win in the the second half of the pilot when they're the one who blows <laughs> up the train. Yeah, Visk's been getting some wins. But Visk gets more sentimental wins as the show goes on as well, in addition to like work wins, which I think they get in the first season. This got fed by the mayor. I, I feel like I feel like I'm being pretty nice to Visk. That's yeah. huge. <laughs> yeah, that's like the max kind yeah. of, the max win that they could have received. That's, that's the hugest the possible win. win by their own yeah. metric. Like Visk be winning. They don't even know what else would be a win from there. Or yeah. that's how like confused they are they, by yeah, this. Yeah, they never dared to dream bigger than that. That's like no. wow, the most. But I think that the I think that the the secret soul of this question is that uh, Jess is managing to ma- play a physically powerful character who gets some wins, but is staying pretty hue to the kind of like uh, the soul of the character, so to speak. So good job to Vess. Thank you. That is sweet of you. To Vess. <laughs> well, that's what's interesting about Visk as a character. Is Visk is like if you write it out on paper, Visk is like an incredibly martially intimidating character. And like unlikable, I would think if you just like <laughs> write it down on paper, you know. Yeah, sure, sure, yeah sure. but but the things that you would think that would make them unlikable to like a character in universe makes them very likable to a listener. Yeah, uh, that's, yeah. that's just how but, that always because works. Because the, yeah. the motive yeah. comes like or like the and the reasoning comes in, you know, as opposed yeah. to like just like the interactions. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky it shook out that way. Because <laughs> <laughs> like for so many episodes, I was like, oh man. This guy sucks. <laughs> nah. Yeah, well, we said early on, you, you'd be like, I, I, is this work working? Or like, yes, you just, just keep doing, stay the course. Crazy, but I'm being neurotic. <laughs> People, folks love, folks love a dude that sucks. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, true. For a recent example. History? Chelchuk from uh, 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 del- the Delicious and Dungeon anime. Oh, I gotta start watching that. People don't like Chilchuk? No, they Chilchuk. do. They oh, do, okay. but he kind of sucks, and therefore they're suck. they're like drawing him in like those jokes where it's like here's here's Chilchuk stuck in a glue trap. You just don't think he sucks because he's a put upon professional. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I have no issue with him. I like I like his character, but like he's That's just why I he... like Chilchuk because I was just like, oh, he's a professional. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, about or it's him. like like a like a star in Baldur's Gate who is like an objectively annoying and grating personality, but it's extremely mm-hmm. popular because people like 
the way that a character like that creates interesting and funny interactions within a piece yeah. of media. It's provocative. Yeah. yeah, like Asterian is funny, but like I, I like kind of bounced off his personality. Oh really yeah, it was really annoying. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's provocative, and that is why that is why the sh- okay for the for for something like this to work, somebody needs to be goading. Yes. So like generally the like what is going to happen is either they're on an adventure and I'm going to throw a weird little fucker in there to just kind of poke them just to keep things going, you know, like to keep the momentum up and to keep things keep them mildly off of balance. So think nothing becomes like formulaic and rote and obvious. Mm. But if I if I introduce somebody who's helpful, then all of a sudden it gets turned back on me. All of a sudden <laughs> I am the victim, which is mm-hmm. why I don't introduce helpful characters like Dylan anymore. I was about to say, I don't think you've ever introduced a helpful character before. What you about have, yeah. you have Thomas. a you have a weirder definition of help? <laughs> yeah, you really do. Oh, and how you and how you help with the that most character. helpful character really... I can think of is Hazel, and we all like Hazel. Yeah, we all love Hazel. He's, he's helpful as hell. Hazel did very little. <laughs> he felt more helpful, even though he wasn't helpful. <laughs> yeah, there's future characters I won't name yet who are also quite helpful, and I would think that we all like them. Yeah, and there's future characters that I think were not helpful, but we <laughs> liked them because they had an air of being of wanting to be helpful, <laughs> like yeah. being team players, even though they couldn't provide anything. Yeah, useful. that's true. That's too. It's a, it's more of a vibe thing than than anything else. I think I don't know. <laughs> anyway, next question. I suppose this you'll get a win eventually. <laughs> uh, one day, one, one glorious day. day. Viscal win. Viscal win. Uh, <laughs> But next question is from Wizard86, Obsidian and Bone. That's Wizard96. Wizard96. God, how the time flies. Oh. <laughs> Wizard97 on our Discord, actually. With, with, uh, bumped. I gave him a bump. When adjusted for inflation, it's yeah. all the way up to Wizard97 now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gotta keep that in mind. Hello, Skull Tenders. My main goal of this message is primarily to get Voidberger to play the Obsidian and Bone theme again. There you go. Gotcha. But as, how did you do that? What the fuck? <laughs> but as a secondary part, I would love to know more about the process between Cohen and the cast when it comes to creating the characters. The reveal that Goobins are violent demons pacified by paperwork and silver is a large surprise to the audience. But how much of this was discussed by Jess and Cohen? Yeah, that was a large surprise for me. I had to ask. I had to like beg for a, a spoiler for that one. Well, I'll tell you what it was. <laughs> Jess threatened. Uh, Jess. Th- <laughs> Jess. Uh, this threatened Hazel with a gun. Yep. And at that point, I was like. Wow, that's <laughs> nuts. Where is that coming from? And it was such a defining character moment that it caused me to rethink Goomans. And I was like, that is wild. Wait, what? What? And then I, then I really start because like originally I'm just I'm a little bit more backstory for bringing bring in on this. Just like a little like the originally like the idea was like, I think that a pitch to you just was like that they were like more of like just like a, like a caretaker thing that they were just like around and like maintaining yeah. the afterlife mm-hmm. custodians yeah 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 exactly and that was cool for a minute and then it was like well you know it would you know would really put some sizzle on this steak is actually if uh you know they were bad what if they were bad <laughs> what if they, yeah. not bad i did you did have to remind me that demon has a negative connotation because i'm so anime pill that i was like yeah they got demon they're demons demons which are sick and cool yeah <laughs> jesus demons demons kick ass and you like literally sent me the dictionary definition like <laughs> screenshot for demon yes. i was like I you, you were over me, here you, yeah you, you were over this. here <laughs> insisting that demon is a neutral term and i'm just like what fuck 
fucking planet are you from? <laughs> Our cone told me that afterwards, like, Jess sent me the de- definition of demon. I was like, well, Jess, Jess is right. That's why I'm saying it like I am in character. That's what, what I'm implying. This is the most homeschooled you have ever sounded to me. Like, I, went, I went to Catholic school for 13 fucking years, and you're over here smugly telling me I just think that I... demons are neutral. And I'm like, what the fuck are you saying? You know, in the original Japanese, it actually just means like outsider for. That's wonderful. The, the Japanese you can definitely pronounce really well. Um, the original Japanese that we all speak. <laughs> the, the unxenophobic culture of Japan is, thinks outsiders are demons. That's fun. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, the truth is this is factoring into the fact that Skulltenders is extremely anime inspired. Like, <laughs> yes. That is- well, like it. Look, who's it's either it was either going to be like anime or it was going to be like a Dickens novel because those are the two who do serialized literature, the storytelling. The oh best. yeah, I remember you were like, yeah, Dickens is up there with anime. It's like he is <laughs> when it comes to that, but but Dickens doesn't have as much fights, and I knew we were going to have a lot of fights. So anime, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, that's just uh, that's just me. That's just me. But they, you uh, know. <laughs> but yeah, I had to. I. I I think I think because of the Hazel situation, which kind of like uh, had amongst the cast like more of a uh, a recoil reaction than I thought it would. <laughs> I just thought like, oh, this this person who has had zero agency or power in their entire lives gets a gun. What do you think is going to happen? Like, <laughs> I, that's what I wanted to find out. <laughs> I was delighted yeah, with the result. I was yeah. like dark let's find out and also like i've got this like fucking plus five intimidation sitting here on the sheet glaring me in the face being like you should lean into this i'm just like maybe i should lean into this this oh, yeah. tells this tells all the other goo men don't come into work tomorrow <laughs> god <laughs> shit but like the uh, yeah i was i was surprised at how heavily that was balked at and confused like uh for those of you on the 25 dollar tier you can check out the deleted scenes of that scene because we actually uh, <laughs> yeah you really had to fight for that scene we did, we did that one like three times because cohen was just like what the fuck is happening it was you were playing it in a way where i was like you were gonna lose the audience with like i get <laughs> what you're so. trying to do but this is like this is like this is this is a heel turn. This is the most beloved character on the show. Like I could tell already. I was like, people are really gonna like Hazel. I think no trust for me. I or tell you what, I really like Hazel, and I was like, <laughs> that's really what it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. It was specifically that you would like maneuvered to be alone. It was like a premeditation that was like I was like, this is frightening. But this, I had but, three weeks to think about how to yeah. pull this off. <laughs> We had a three-week gap where I was like, I really want to use this gun without shooting it. Wait, I have a plus five intimidation. Oh, people do that all the time with guns. They just wave them around and (laughs) threaten people. What if I do that? Okay, I'm going (laughs) to... I'm gonna I'm gonna ask that we move on from using a gun to intimidate people. (laughs) And in terms of like, yeah, in terms of uh, create like creating the characters process between me and the cast, uh, there's a you know there's. Is is that is you know we're we're walking we're trying to thread a needle here right we're trying to thread a needle between like there's a world in, there's a world and backstory that is informed by the choices that the players make and those choices go backwards in time as well they do things and then things I change things in the backstory to like accommodate like now now goomans are demons because uh, it's cool uh, because Jess showed me how cool that could be it's like oh what if there was a bad guy what if one of them was a bad guy and thus <laughs> syrup. Uh, but I had to like um, 
I, I forget what thing kind of unmoored me that I was like, Cohen, you have to tell me more about Goomin. I don't know how to play a character. <laughs> if you know about this race and I don't, I need to know those well, things. The big, the big and I, thing convinced, I convinced Cohen by bringing up uh, Deep Space Nine. If anyone has watched Star Trek Deep Space yeah, Nine. There's a there's a character gets a I, I don't want to spoil it. It's an old show, no, but it was there's no. a character who has something revealed about their back. This happens actually more than once in DS9. More than once. To the same uh, fucking and I really like DS9, so sorry. <laughs> I guess that did get it. But uh similarly, uh I kinda the, kind of a similar thing happened with uh Felicity that happened with Visk, where there was this version that there was this dream there was this vision of the character that was like Oh, they've got this, all this stuff, and they've got all this, like, know-how and smarts and all that. And then it immediately was like, God, that really is going to... I'm... Like, Felicity was maybe not going to have no memories initially of, of her past life. Yeah, and, she knew more stuff originally. But then it, it kind of, like... Without giving away too much, I think, I think, it's, I think, it's, I think the idea of reinvention is very interesting. Yeah, it made for a better show in the long run to yeah. actually strip some of that stuff away. And Dudu is is a perfect soul. Yeah, Dudu is like, yeah. yeah, pretty much. No notes. I, I have some like big, big, broad, long distance ideas for stuff that could happen with Dudu that I will probably talk to Casey about at some point. But it's also like. I think we got enough plates spinning at the moment. It's kind of it's kind of like cool to have a guy who's just vibing. I really mm -hmm. like uh, this. Doesn't spoil anything like super important, but it's something we we discussed later in like a piece of Patreon media where Casey described. We were like talking about how the characters evolved. Casey was like, "So I originally conceived Dudu as like a hero for the common man, but really is more like a friendly dog." <laughs> I really enjoyed that like mm -hmm. yeah. summation yeah. of the character's evolution. I thought that was like a really great succinct way to describe like dogs will help if they want to. Yeah, well, it was a great way to lie to lay out like. The kinds of things you write for a tabletop character versus how the character evolves in your hands and in like the game space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was like a really great microcosm of how that happens. Mm -hmm. But anyway, let's go on to the next one before we. I, I didn't here. finish my my tiny little thought. I had a tiny oh, little go ahead, thought. Go ahead. But uh, what I was saying about the Star Trek DS9 character is that that character had a bunch of secret shit going on that the actor did not know about until it got dropped on the show. And the actor was like, I would have played the character differently if you told me yeah. that that was happening. And now, Loki, I'm pissed off because I feel like my performance sucks now. Mm -hmm. So, like, I had to bring that up to Cohen and be like, fucking pretty, please. Can you tell me what's going on with these, two, with these goo guys? I don't know what's happening. Yeah. And you were absolutely right. I think that what that really comes down to is a lot of it's this idea of the uh, that I, it's a tempting idea that if you put performers in a more realistic version of the situation that you're trying to create in fiction mm -hmm. by denying them information that they will somehow independently achieve a more naturalistic performance is like more real but that's showing a profound lack of trust really mm. and your collaborators so instead it's better to just uh find trying to figure out what the happy medium of like I, I do want to preserve excitement and fun and novelty for y'all but i also want to trust y'all yeah so to you know have the performances and have the and come to the things and it's also fun to collaborate with y'all so yeah in the making of that stuff and not just keep everything to myself because sometimes i forget stuff like that People think demons are bad. <laughs> <laughs>
right. Next question. Yeah. Next question from Roland Rawhide, they, them, Obsidian, and Bone. <laughs> so breezy now. Uh, someday I won't laugh at it, but not today. <laughs> Players, are there any character choices, big or small, that you made in the past season that you would do differently now? And Cohen, were there any encounters you had prepared that the players missed or actively ignored that you wish they wouldn't have if you... Uh, well, if let's get to un- the rest later. We'll get yeah, to the yeah. rest. Okay. <laughs> it's right. a long well, Players, uh, uh, character choices, big or small, you made in the past season, you do differently now. Personally, I can't think of any. Not really, honestly. Because yeah. uh, it's like, I've talked about this in previous uh, Skull Talkers if you're a patron, but like... I feel like part of doing tabletop is finding the character in the process of playing them. And so a lot of times it's kind of just like if the chips fall, the chips fall. And like, that's kind of how I figure out my character more than being like, oh, I wish I did this. But also like we are a pre-recorded show. So like, you know, I- I've picked up little things here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't regret any actions, really. I do wish that I didn't make Visk into Go Blue. <laughs> <laughs> what color would you have made Vesk? Why not? Either, either, yeah, you know, I only went with blue because when I saw plasmoids, I was like, oh, they're blue. And I didn't, I didn't double think that. I don't know why. I, just, I was just like, oh, they just are. Uh, and, uh, you know, if I, if I had knew, known that they were so connected to the Soul River, which is green, I might have made it like an off green color, like a gray green or something. It's honestly better because then when we do the animated series, it'll be easier to see Visk in the river. I guess so. That's true, yeah, yeah that- exactly. When they do the live-action Netflix adaption of the animated series, it'll mm-hmm. be much easier to see the CGI. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can there be FMV sequences in this? Like, real actors? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Green for, screen, for, yeah. For the mayor. Okay, okay. Tell me stop motion. <laughs> Only for the most difficult. I was thinking the mayor's, like, stop motion stop and everybody else skeleton. is animated. Yeah. Mm. That sounds good. It's like claymation. Dudu wouldn't do anything differently, but Cullen, were there any encounters you had prepared that we missed or actively ignored that you wish they <sighs> wouldn't have? Mm. Let me see. Encounters. I did think about this one. Let me see. If it's is encounters, is it we're talking specifically about combat, probably? I don't know. It doesn't really specify. Encounters seems like com- like it's like random encounters. I gotta it I could- gotta assume. I I, I I think it's just really just any kind of combat or uh, engagement with an NPC that we missed. Not to give away, not to give away a, a, a next episode, but there there was an NPC you had made that we all just said no to, and then yeah, you will you will know exactly who Casey is talking about. I think it's in two episodes, but yeah, and, and then it, and then it ended up being very it didn't up being very helpful. Um, <laughs> so that happened, but we did eventually come back to you. So, so I think like, I think either either a helpful NPC or yeah like a combat encounter. All right. Well, so this is interesting. So there are definitely some episodes where it's like there, that was not really an option to avoid mm-hmm. because and because like uh, like say your uh, your uh, your midnight special your pilot is like what well, it's like yeah they're on a train it's like you were, y'all are gonna see the stuff on the train uh, you're gonna progress forward uh, same with Edge of Dawn. Uh, where it really gets fun, where it really get, got fun, those, uh, like, uh, Heads Will Roll, or High Noon, where it's, like, there's a lot of different stuff. Like, there's a lot of, uh, part two of High Noon in specific, in particular, uh, all of the NPCs that y'all had seen walking around were people, like, there were people where I was like, I'm gonna keep mentioning these in case this is who you decide to go make your, to, like, recruit or something for this. Like, 
there's a there's a couple of references to the uh like you you find the body of the bullman cowboy in the uh in the morgue but then there's like a couple of other bullmen walking around one of them has like they have black armbands on to show that they're in mourning and it's like mm-hmm. that's somebody you could have talked to could have roped them in i think i even had names for them um <laughs> I'm going to look that up real quick. It's uh, like the only other Catalian so far is there, too. It's like one of the people wandering around. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the, uh, the, the school marm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. She pulled. seemed busy, though. Oh, man. <laughs> Did she uh, perish with the pickles? I forget if she was one of the people that died. In the, uh, uh, yeah. the name. Ambiguous. I think that she did. I think she died. Yes. I think I'm she might have sure. died. Yeah. Uh, the names of the cowboys were Jesse and Bessie. And the one who died was their brother, Messy. Check your best Yeah. Fuck so off. Yeah. Well, here's, you know, take me or leave you. Good thing we didn't talk to them. <laughs> yeah. Or, or it's like, you know, a lot of the times it's, I'm just throwing a lot of stuff out there and it's like, all right, we're going to see how this goes. I often forget what my plans for how things could have gone in the third act are because what it's not what happened. And so it's not important anymore. But I would say, like, in this next arc that's coming up, uh, stay tuned. There's de- it's going to be even more of like I'm going to throw I'm going to put some stuff out there y'all can choose to engage with it or not. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, question from Skelly Obsidian and Bone. I always wait for me to say click click boom and I hurt my heart when it does. Anyway, uh, <laughs> short one for everyone. Any strong feelings about? Uh, the fifth edition D and D system at the end of this season. Not a one. Yeah, I honestly quite like it. I I know that there's a lot of people on the internet who do not like it because it's very combat oriented and it's very complicated. Uh, but when you're doing a procedural that's like essentially a bounty hunting procedural, that's like what school tender sort of is. Yeah. Um, at at its heart. Um, the fact that it's combat focused is not really a problem because it's inherent to how the story is going to progress. Um, and I kind of like. A little crunch personally to my systems. I was taught originally on powered by the apocalypse systems, uh, which are very much more simpler and more uh, improv centric. Um, and I found myself in a situation where it was like, okay, two or three sessions, in, I have like solved the optimal way to play this character. Like the mechanics drastically incentivize me doing this thing, uh, and. That, you know, if you're somebody who's only there for role-playing, the mechanics are just there to support that, that's probably not a problem for you. Uh, for, like, me, I really like that D&D is a little bit more constrained in a way that makes it so that uh, it's not just, like, I'm a, a problem that I solve quickly. It's like, okay, there's a lot of things, and I now understand very deeply what they can do and how I could interact with them in a way I didn't at the beginning of the season. But I did, like, I don't feel like I've beat it. There's so... It, it's... And I also think that, like, when I accomplished something in the game, the fact that it was constrained by the constraints of the system uh, makes it feel a little bit more valuable to me. If you can do anything, nothing really matters. Mm, yeah. I do like to have, like, some constraints on what you can do, but I think something that... I think uh, a reason that, you know, the system appeals to all of us is that we are all, like, video game-pilled. And I think, like, that kind of just, like works well with how our brains are set up in general yeah i like mechanics because that's my background yeah and like i'm not a big like strategy brained person or anything like that like i've played like civ and stuff like that but it's just like i i don't try to like metagame and like do the most uh 
like efficient possible move I could have done or anything like that. Um, and I, I would understand why people who are not focused or minded in that way would find this system a lot more, uh, restraining than if it was some other system. But I really, I think the only complaint I've had for reals with this system is during the level ups, I'm just really confused about like what numbers go up? Fucking why? Mm. Okay. Level three yeah. spells are are not things you get at level three. Whatever, no, because there's know. 20 levels. Yeah, there's I don't know. Well, <laughs> well, that's that's why I'm here. That's why yeah, I'm exactly. your helpful DM. And that's the only uh, that's yeah. the only complaint I have is that it's not intuitive to like you need uh, a proctor to get a re- Yeah, I have to say like uh, I definitely felt the same way until I like got and read the player's handbook front to back. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It yeah. is a system that works well once you know it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that's absolutely. The thing. And it's like I've heard that kind of thing and and rolled my eyes at it about other things, but ultimately it's like this this is not it's it's D&D is combat-oriented, and that's why you guys don't fight groups of... It's combat-oriented, but I don't I don't necessarily think that a lot of combat um, is conducive to a fun show. Yeah, like, you're very good with knowing that and, like, applying it, because, like, yeah, if we wanted to, the combat could go for yeah, ages, but... And it will. <laughs> you, you see clever things happening, and you give us, like, a, an out. Well... Very easily. If we're like not feeling the combat, we're trying to do something clever to get out of it or something like that. You will notice we're doing that and like allow it to happen. So it's really like up to the DM how combat oriented this actually does end up being. Yeah, that's that's what I like to do. A lot. Oh, yeah. You guys make that a lot more fun because the truth is it's like it is a system. D&D is a system of problems. It is a system of presenting you problems and saying, OK, you have those tools in your set. What do you get? How are you going to approach this? Some of those are social tools, some of those are combat tools, some of those are magic, some of them are mundane. Sometimes you can be clever in a way that has nothing to do with, like, the mag- the actual literal on crunch abilities. And mm-hmm. I think there's a way to play D&D where it is a tactical RPG. It is a, or like, a, you know what I mean, like your Final Fantasy Tactics type. Um, yeah, Baldur's Gate 3 is a great example of yeah, that. Yeah, and I don't, it's just fighting, like, seven or eight guards I, I can see it like that's I'm sh- that's great for a single player experience, and I'm sure it's great for a lot of tables. It was in the first game, in my first DM, we did we we would uh, we were all grad students, and we would always go, like, okay, this is our one day to play, so we'll play for five hours. Mm-hmm. Or, and it, and that that really soured me on that. It really soured me on like the endless like sitting down and being like, okay, there's an endless amount of content. There's an endless amount of like we will never get through everything that's here, so we. Nothing feels like progress, and we're going to fight 17 guys, guard A to guard uh, whatever, Q, and just, I'm so tired of this. But that's, you know, it doesn't have to all be all combat and skill checks. It's just. And, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, this is a show and we want other people to listen to it. So yeah. we're not going to do that. <laughs> and, you know. Yeah. And, like, I bet you Seven Guards feels better if you have a grid. You know, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Plays like on a map. With like a, look at like yeah. miniatures, and it's more like a war game. Uh, but, but, but if you're doing then, theater of the mind, yeah, it's worth mentioning that we are not playing in that way. Yeah, like we don't have uh, any visual aids uh, going on when we're playing. FYI, I no, we get them. We get our visual aids afterward in case yes. he posts his doodles. And I, uh, fun detail: I do not post like the maps that I post on maps and mandibles and stuff. The players do not see those because if I show them those, I will rely on the maps. And then I will not, if I can know that my little map, that they can just look at the map and see where they're on the map and see how things are relative to each other, I can't be certain 
that I'm conveying that to the audience. So that is why that is another reason we don't do that. Also, it would be more work for me. Yeah, it's also limiting because like, what if someone does something cool, but oh, technically you need 60 feet to do that. Oh, I'm pretty, too bad. I'm, we can't do the cool thing. <laughs> like, I'm pretty good about distances. That is yeah, something yeah. I keep. I, I, on the map, I actually do track your relative positions to each other, but I'll fudge it for fun or yeah, you know, generally. For story yeah. reasons, yeah. For but flow. it's like, oh, they're, they're this way away. Okay, that's too far. A lot of it just comes down to, I know how far away things are relatively. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's not as granular. Uh, Let's move on to that next question. Amber, is All right. you. Okay. Uh, an edgelord, uh, an Obsidian Bone member, he asks... That's right. Uh, if the main cast and recurring characters were magic cards, what colors would they be? Bonus uh, points for what their rules will be. Skip. I don't, I'm not going to get that question. Skip. Just, just skip it. Boring. What? No. Skip. No, two votes gonna, skip. Two votes gonna, go. Uh, what do we do? Uh, Tiebreaker. Tiebreaker. Hmm. Who's the we're DM? Safe. Where's Seth? I'll tell you, uh, I'll ask the DM. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, we'll limit it to the main we'll limit it to the main Damn, cast. Damn, there is a power imbalance. <laughs> we'll do, yeah, we'll do the main cast colors because we'll we're gonna do, we're quick. probably gonna jawbone this later. Yeah, main cast yeah. real quick though, just for the answer. Uh Amber, you take it. You asked, you take it. Yeah, you, know you got it. Uh main cast, uh Felicity is black white, Visk yep. is white white blue, doo-doo mm-hmm. is red green. Uh, the mayor is a card like Kenrith that is black but has an activated ability of every other color. Yeah. Damn. Except Next for, question. Except for green. <laughs> except for green. Oh, okay. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Next one. Uh, Jess, it's you. Um, I lost my place immediately. Paul, who's new in town and we don't have a soundbite yet for new no, in town because- we It's like new in town. Stay a while and ask. No, that's permanent resident, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, it's permanent resident. All right, well, then I'll, I'll draw New something. New in town doesn't I, get the Skull Talkers. Yeah, they don't get Skull Talkers, so they don't have one of those. Yeah. I will drop yeah. one right now off the dome so that we have That's one why. for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're new in town. You just died. Ask away. Ask away. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's all I got. So, uh, we saw Drunk Visk. What are Dudu and Felicity like when drunk? Dudu's always drunk. I was gonna say, Dudu and Felicity are probably much heavier drinkers traditionally than Visk is. So probably like, oh, of course, yeah, <laughs> uh, similar to what you're getting, but uh, Felicity is more approachable, and Dudu is actually probably exactly the same. <laughs> I feel like Dudu is buzzed by like one thirty mm-hmm. in the afternoon. You know what I mean? Like it's like, well, you saw Dudu sober. Well, that was the last episode we just. Dudu gets so like. Essence of one and a half beers as like a passive at all times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a good, I got a good buzz going all the time. I mean, Dudu does. Yeah, like I think if anything, uh, the question would be like, what does uh, Dudu like when he's sober? And I guess you could probably say graveyard shift. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> a little yeah. angry, a little tired, <laughs> a little cranky. Planchette is indistinguishable. Planchette <laughs> is like one of the, that kind of wine mom where it's like you you <sighs> cannot predict at any. She could be. She could be cold sober. She could be blowing a 3.0. Could mm. you imagine drinking with Planchette? What a great person to drink with. Mm. Oh, my God. It's just drinking with my mom. <laughs> yeah. It's She's fun to drink with. Could you imagine drinking with Jess's mom? What a yeah. great person to drink yeah. with. She's fun. I've, I've had a drink with Jess's mom before. She's fun. I have. You have? Sorry. No. No, you yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? You can't do this. She's credulous. It would be a fun thing to stop and just be like, next question. Anyway. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was I was thinking like she would love you though. <laughs> oh. Anyway, next question. Um, I'll get this one. Kaleidoscopes twelve. They them obsidian and bone. Okay. <laughs> Jess. Hey Jess, loving the audio mix. I keep catching fun new audio gags each time I listen. What has been your favorite joke you've worked into sound mixing of season one? I want answers from everyone, but start with Jess. Okay. It's the squeepoo, man. Squeepoo. It's the motherfucking squeepoo. <laughs> oh. Uh, Squeepoo is like my favorite sound effect of all time. Uh, when I hear it in a show, I do the Leonardo DiCaprio pointing gif every fucking time. They cannot hide it from me. They can slow it down. They can speed it up. They can put it away in the background. I notice this motherfucker and it's fucking Squeepoo. And I was like, I'm going to try really hard to put Squeepoo in like every episode. And I think I might have gotten away with it so far. This is a good show for that. Honestly. Yeah. There's a lot of things. Op- <laughs> it's a lot of greats opening. Yeah, it's a, it's the sound of the great opening under Visk in the green room and a couple other things here and there that oh, are it is. metallic or hingy. Yeah, it's yeah. Squeepoo. Yeah. Huh. Uh, there's also a a uh, fun sound that I have. N- I initially was determined to put it in every episode, but then I realized, like, no, nah, that's too hard. And it's just a sound effect called Capri Sun being cast down. <laughs> and for some reason, there's like five of them. I have this <laughs> screenshot of just being like working really hard on the first edit for the first episode, like when we just started. And it's an <laughs> image of like Jess's computer, and the folder that is open is has seven files on the screen, and it's because Free Sun being cast down one, because Free Sun being cast down two, all the way up to seven. <laughs> and then a second image is like really nailed it now, and it's. Ouya, the like forgotten video game <laughs> console. O U Y A. Oh yeah, like, Ouya. Ouya wo- rolling across ground one through four. <laughs> yeah, for some reason this guy found an Ouya and was like, "I'm gonna foley myself throwing this Ouya at the fucking floor." Uh, I think I've used that once actually in something that might have been in uh, Strung Up. There's an Ouya being uh, like chucked a, at the floor. It's like a, it's like a cube, isn't it? An Ouya. I don't. I think it's a controller of the Ouya. Technically, we should be speaking in the past tense, right? This is a <laughs> yeah. Rest in peace. This is a fallen soldier. Yeah, that yeah. was the last one, and the guy made a foley, a pretty good foley mix out of it. <laughs> it's like an yeah. office space. <laughs> Finally, a use for the Ouya. Uh, I, I'm happy. If we're going to talk about other ones, I'm happy that the Hanna Barbera sound effects I've downloaded years ago the, uh, <laughs> uh, is finally getting some. Regular usage through Jess and Dudu. Yeah, what, what a what a treasure trove! Thank you for that. Yeah, there's it was, a goddamn an, shitload of sounds in it's there. It's an official like CD rip of like like a six thing a CD that I guess Hanna Barbera officially put out years ago, and it's still fucking solid. It's it, and I just going through it is like I know that one, I know that one, oh I know this one. It's so fucking fascinating because it's very high quality too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's also just really interesting to listen to those because you can hear the quality of like a 1950s microphone and how big <laughs> the room was and how e- echoic the room was, mm-hmm. like reverby the room was that they were doing this in. And then it's like, oh my God. But yeah, it does sound like that in Scooby-Doo. Yeah. It does sound yeah. like it's taking place that's, in like a big soundstage. That's the classic Jetsons little boop, 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 All the like little blinky noises and stuff like that. It's like, fuck yes, yeah. these, these rule. Uh, I also like occasionally throwing in other uh, cartoon sound effects for Doodoo. He's had a handful, a small handful of anime noises uh, happen 
because of him. And uh, also SpongeBob shoes have happened, but not. I heard that in a later. I heard that in a later episode. (laughs) I just heard like the squishing shoes of either SpongeBob or it sounded like Dee Dee from Dexter's Lab. (laughs) I like this. Isn't like so much a specific example as is like a technique, I suppose. But every every time we get like a backing audio hard cut for a joke, (laughs) makes me laugh every time. It's like. Like like a full cut of like whatever backing music is happening, and there's two kinds. Jess will either like do like a or it'll just be like a hard full cut, cut the reverb, cut everything. It just like cuts out, <laughs> and they're both very funny in their own way to me. I really enjoy that kind of like technique. It's it's a really easy and fun trick that I try not to do too much because people get fed up with me. Uh, it feels, <laughs> but when you use it sparingly, it feels so good. Yeah, yeah, but like sometimes they're simply just like, oh, this is a cutaway gag. Yes, I'm going to treat it like it's a fucking TV show, and we're going <laughs> to like cut away to a totally different place, like. Whew, like there's actually like a camera whoosh somewhere to like, you know, there was, there was a recent one where like Cert was doing something in some other fucking location. It's like whoosh. I was doing Sudokus. Yeah. 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 Doing yeah. Sudokus. Yes. Uh, it's like, well, we're obviously going to cut all the way away from the river, the sounds of the forest. And it's just like back to like a, like a, the hum of some fluorescent lights and all that stuff. And that shit's Good fun. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. <laughs> uh, my, I would, I want to say my uh, favorite. Sound mixing joke has got to be um, when Hazel like strolls in real fast. <laughs> I say he, I say he like, I say he like strides in, and I'm like, that's oh, that's a little cavalier. And then I, and then it, you do this, you do the footsteps really, really quick, and then you do them slowly and more respectfully. The, on the revision, <laughs> that was that was that was good shit. Oh, uh, thank you, thank you for noticing. <laughs> okay. What Looney? Oh, the, sorry. This is from Splooty Obsidian and Bone. He asks, "What Looney Tunes?" Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I had the wrong one selected. <laughs> God damn it! Humbling after that last question. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just, I deserve that one. <laughs> what Looney Tunes character would each character get in an online personality quiz? Main cast, but plus Marin Plunshot. Now this this is not hmm. a what would yours. This is I think feel like this is a group question. We need to come to a group consensus on each character. Okay. Yeah. Uh Visk is Marvin the Martian. I was gonna say Marvin the Martian, but I was like, <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen one of those. Is he neurotic enough? Is sure. Visk neurotic enough to be Mar- Marvin the Martian? He's very driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's he focused. can be, but he's more driven than anything. But like given yeah. the if, if, if we want to go, if you want to go deeper from Looney Tunes and to say like the Duck Dodgers show where Marvin was more of a character, he is very oh. neurotic because he had a, a hot queen to succumb to. He had a <laughs> that hot sounds boss. like a thing. Yeah, he had okay. a hot boss okay, to okay. Very to. much like this. He had a hot boss. Duck Dodgers that, hot. <laughs> that's got to be it. Yeah, that's got to be it. I'm just already there. <laughs> Why does she? Have, she has like an Egyptian vibe. That's interesting. Yeah, queen tyranny. Oh, that's a good joke. There you go. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to like, you know, before hearing that perfect answer, I was like, is there some sort of like Daffy DNA in here in that like they f- like pratfall a lot, like sort of like they fail at things? Mm. I don't no. know. I mean, a little like, bit. Like kind of like butt of a joke thing. I was, his queen was pretty bad though. Mar- of course. Marvin. Sorry, I just got it up on Google. <laughs> I also did that. Marvin can be pretty, uh, can fuck up often too. Not mm. in a Daffy way. Not in the late era, late 90s Daffy way, let's say. Right, right, right. Um, 
I think Marvin's pretty good for you. Uh, I would say Foghorn Leghorn is the closest for Dudu, but he uh, Foghorn's more mean, whereas Dudu's not. So it's like an in-between mm-hmm. Foghorn and Taz, the Tasmanian devil. Yeah, that stabs. Yeah. Mm, yeah. If Taz was stupider and cooler. <laughs> so, like Taz's dad from fucking Tasmania. Yeah, I was about to say, was, literally, like, like pick one of the also-ran Taz's. From- Felicity, you definitely have a Bugs Bunny vibe. That makes sense. Um, a Bugs Bunny like attitude with a little bit of Porky Pig in there. He's, he's a good everyman. One of those episodes where Bugs is not like stay winning. You know what I mean? Like mm. where he's sort of like like the Gremlins Bugs, or the Turtle cutting off your Florida. Yeah, Bugs. Bugs isn't the butt of the joke often, but mm-hmm. there are some where he is, and that's probably closer to Felicity's vibe. Frustration. Felicity's, he gets yeah, frustrated. Exactly. Yeah. There's a there's a couple of good ones where he gets super frustrated. Like I was gonna say that if you're gonna say anyone's bugs, I was gonna say it was the mayor because Bugs has like an uncanny command of a situation. I was gonna say because he's like a trickster god. So, yeah, and and so yeah. I was of actually gonna say the Roadrunner for the mayor. <laughs> oh well, sure. But maybe well, just like <laughs> does that mean Wiley Coyote is Visk? <laughs> oh, you could be a good Wiley Coyote. <laughs> he's always trying and he's always failing. Mm-hmm. Just because it's like the Roadrunner is like the only I, I don't know mate Roadrunner hmm. who's that mean who's the little the Chicken Hawk is definitely Planchette oh yes I think that 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 character is just called the Chicken Hawk yeah he's trying he's trying to eat Boghorn Leghorn yeah yeah it's a good joke <laughs> I think that's his name um I I can see Bugs Bunny as the as the as the mayor, but when he's winning, no, like normal right, Bugs Bunny, yeah. Felicity, you 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 go between normal and frustrated Bugs with a little bit of like Daffy's late nineties Daffy fucking uh, uh uh you know confidence. <laughs> yeah, I was sure not long ago of Sylvester the cat where he's smoking like five cigarettes simultaneously and he's drinking a shaking <laughs> cup of coffee and it's like after he's failed. Yeah, and I posted that that was Felicity. <laughs> that's a pretty good Felicity too, and that's a specific Sylvester when he's with Porky and he's always the aggrieved party in like the cartoon. Yes, <laughs> like he's not really after Tweety, but when he's like you know with Porky and he's always like the one who sees the ghosts in the house or whatever. <laughs> Next question. Next question, that is Amber. I think it's you. All right. Question is from Tuxedo Ted, new in town. Mm, stay a while. Oh. <laughs> I was hoping you would just do it. Come on um, down. It's new in town. <laughs> new in town. <laughs> to Visk, who do you think dresses better, Dudu or Felicity? Felicity has quite the sense of style, but you can't discount Dudu's choices when it comes to practicality and comfort. Also, do you plan on expanding your own wardrobe now that you have a little more personal agency? Love the show and thank you all for everything. Shout out for addressing this to Visk. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say that. Visk's a character. It's a fascinating way to ask this. What oh. an interesting way to... <laughs> Dear Santa. Um... <laughs> no, it's cute. Uh, it's, I like it. I don't think Visk pays any fucking attention to anyone's attire that they're not already attracted to. Um... But I think Dudu's like they appreciate Dudu's more because it does seem like more functional, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Visk is not like aesthetically minded. I would, I don't no, think. No, but they like, they're definitely really, practically no. minded. Yeah. This is this is an interesting question. It's something we get into a little bit a little later, and we kind of got into the weapons, and it may you know stay tuned. But it is a question of like there is kind of a cartoon character type situation of like, well, these are your clothes. These yeah. <laughs> this is what you get. I Forever, don't want to describe yeah. it every time. But, yeah, uh, like, I, I, I like to establish that earlier that it was like, 
Felicity always ends up in the same clothes in the land of the living, no matter what she's wearing otherwise. Uh, which like creates like an extremely cartoon character type. Like. Yeah, I figure when we're dead, we just have to. Yeah, we're stuck in that kind of that hole for a while. Yeah, <laughs> unless we want to put on something funny. A lot of it, it's like the Matrix. It's residual self-image, right? You know, right. Or whatever. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if this will expand their wardrobe. I have not thought of it actually. So. Literally, in the next episode, you put on a fun outfit. No, I mean like per, you know, in a per, in a personal style off hours right, 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 non-work yeah. environment Try sort a bow of way. Tie. I think oh. it would be fun if if uh this started to pick up a doo sense of aesthetic and had like a the huge pair of basketball shorts. I had like a a slight idea in my head of like, you know, like similar to how like if you're living with a roommate, you might like your laundry gets mixed up and stuff like that. And so we'll just see Visk in like a way too oversized like sports jersey at some point. That's perfect because Dudu because Dudu should start wearing like that kind of like airbrushed cartoon gangster shirt like with SpongeBob yeah. holding money and going. Eh. Oh, I was just Taz. thinking Taz, about yeah, the Looney Tunes. that for the show. Yeah. Like, yeah. That'd be a good one. Just show up in that one day being like, my laundry is not done. <laughs> Mine is. And he's just like, he's fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude is in the most nicest outfit he's got somehow. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the tuxes from Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> I love the idea of, of Visk in the huge basketball shorts because it's like, what are you covering up? You don't wear yeah, pants uh, normally. Yeah. We, we've got we got Donald Duck rules going on there with Visk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're Porky Pig in it. That's the simple fact of it. It's like the more we call attention to what Visk is or isn't wearing, the more it's like (laughs) we we create the context in which that's uncomfortable. (laughs) We don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. Then it's Mm -hmm. fine. Even when like Donald Duck was in a uniform for like the like propaganda films of the 40s, he still didn't have pants on. No No pants. pants. No pants. Okay, so uh, I was up to Honey Baked Ham. No, just honey baked on on Twitter. Uh, they uh, he asks uh, if you had rolled better for Visk eating the hyena mayor's omelet. Do you think they would have been sustained by the secret ingredient love, or perhaps the good vibes of getting a breakfast made for them? Uh, I I think it was always for me mentally on the table that at any point, whenever Visk was trying to eat something, they could roll for it to be something that they figured out how to taste finally. And it was only when we were told a little bit ahead of time, like, oh, happy hour is going to happen and we're going to go to a restaurant with the mayor. I was like, oh, this is when. <laughs> this is yeah. when this happened. Let's That's go, way better. People. Let's go. Let's fucking move. Uh, yeah, and we, yeah like, we, we all leave our football huddle that we do before we record. <laughs> yeah. We all slam our helmets well, together. Yeah. Team prayer yeah. before we start. Yeah. <laughs> I uh yeah, that was a hell of a question. The we can you feed me? Uh that really <laughs> I feel like there's probably a longer pause. Like that we actually had to put the, the Patreon thing or ad right there because I paused for an entire three minutes. Um, <laughs> yeah, it fit, it fit perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah not me on that. Yeah, that was unedited. Yeah, just like uh we had to we had to cut to Seth. Uh but like the truth I mean like yeah. I mean, what is what is sustenance? What is it to be sustained? Yeah, right. Emotionally, like it, like, physically, you know, all the, yeah. you know, these are all questions Visk has never had to think about. And probably if they tried, wouldn't have been able to because of the silver, you know. So this is all redefining everything. Um, ah, you speak of the silver on City Hall. 
the Silver on City Hall. Another what kind of thing where I was like, oh, that's why the building's silver. <laughs> like, yeah, I remember, I remember you. It was like we were waiting. I think it was when we were waiting to watch Ghost Watch. And it was like you and Miko and then Jessica had not gotten to the chat yet. And you're like, I can't figure out why the building's silver. Why is the building? I was like, is it keeping them in or out? And you're like, okay, shut up. I think I figured it out. We're not discussing this anymore. I was like, okay. <laughs> Everyone shut up. I, I was like, all I, right. Yeah. It's like, an, an, it's like it's, why? I don't, you know, this, this doesn't uh, get calories. This does not, this is, is not sustained on calories. Mm-hmm. And he's looking good. Yeah, I think that would be kind of like putting a light, lighter fluid into a jet engine. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just like, there's just, it is, this is not running on meat. Mm-hmm. But, good vibes, who's to say? Mm-hmm. Things are a little loosey-goosey in the afterlife, I don't I don't know. Love ain't meat. Yeah, I think if the roll went better, maybe this could have like been like, oh, food, I get it now. But thank thank God it, I rolled like shit and uh, it sounded like an old <laughs> paper shredder from the 80s. I mean, that was the, fu- that was the funnier thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I really liked that. It was very very funny. Honestly. It was way, way funnier that it didn't happen, and then it's like way better narratively that that led to the mayor uh, feeding them situation. That's just way more. It's way more interesting. That's fun. Oh yeah. man, I I think was I the only person who knew that you were going to ask that beforehand? Because you mentioned it to me. Yeah, I mentioned it to you. I did not know. I could have yeah. swore I slightly ran it ahead of you, Cohen. Nope. I like looked away from the screen when just like I I knew just winding up to it because Justin told me that she was going to ask that, so I just was like, um, <laughs> I like lean away and like look away. Oh, the feed feed me. Mm-hmm. I see. <laughs> I, wa- I did want to spring it on Cohen because yeah, <laughs> as a player, you don't get the opportunity to do that as much as the dm gets to do it to you you know no yeah and it was a fun it was this is a happy hour so we can talk a little bit about it briefly uh how sort of the format i talked about a little bit of massive animals but i did come to y'all uh and like hey i'm basically going to give y'all free reign to ask a bunch of questions uh just have like a, a conversation that is not going to be the traditional style of conversation it is with the mayor where i sort of uh do not have to know everything because I can just sort of get you all out of the scene. It's like, all right, you get this many questions, and now it's off to the races. He's back to the framing device. He's that's how you keep a character like that um, interesting is you don't make them hyper accessible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was kind of a cheat. But in this one, I was like, no, I need to know what all this stuff is. We're moving that we're at this point in the show. It's it was like we enough episodes had passed. That I was like, okay, what? I, let's let's get things cohesive. Let's make things work. Um, to make sure everything actually makes sense and all the backstory and rules and all that that is not actually that important to the day by day of the show but makes things uh more fun all that to say uh you guys hit me with a couple of questions before uh and i was able to kind of like be like all right i know these kind of uh, i know this stuff i know these will be the topics and i had some stuff and i was able to spit out but uh I think I think just you want to mention I see it highlighted there. Do you want to mention it? Oh yeah, yeah. It's actually not a bad one to roll into this question if you want to yeah. say it. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I wanted to mention that Happy Hour was the first episode that we had our webcams on for. Not me. Though. And that's fucking insane. That's, that's yeah. Fucking we insane. really we really fought tooth and nail for that one. That was definitely <laughs> worth it. It was. You know when Begging. I realized that was truly worth it was when uh, the mayor time stops and. 
uh, without saying we saw we agreed on it, we didn't know it was going to happen. Uh, KC <laughs> and I both freeze in real life. Yeah, it was cute. Simultaneously, it was really cute. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like, well, I didn't have my camera on for this one though. Uh, yeah. I was still resisting. So let me tell you, you you're going to y'all know a little band called REM. Maybe you've heard of it. Oh, oh right. yes. Yeah. Uh, so like when when REM was first getting going, Michael Stipe uh, was so uncomfortable performing in front of people that he would have to when they would rehearse he would sing in the hallway his mic like the band would be in a room and his, he was out in the hallway with his mic and i i get it uh you can, it's an, a big part of this for me was just like yeah y'all y'all wanted this real bad i needed to work up to it it turns out yeah i had yeah, um, previously I don't, yeah i don't ahead, Jess. begrudge you for that or anything sorry sorry i don't i don't blame you i understand stage fright and stuff like that so it makes it's, sense but it was uh slightly not getting in the way of our performances because i still think we've, we've been doing an incredible job obviously but it's like oh how much like more would it be if we took the fucking training weights off and now we yeah. have webcams to look at each other with and stuff anyway go ahead amber i didn't mean to interrupt i was gonna say that during the time that we were recording skull tenders like early on i also had done a guest spot and a friend's podcast forgotten paths uh which was a pleasure to play with uh edward spence and Graconics, and they're both great and it was a th- we did it with uh video on and it was where i realized like there's a part where it's like we came out of narration and one of them like signaled with their hands to the camera like i'm gonna jump into this first basically like imply like i have a thing and then like or like someone like someone will point like he's like go ahead and we was like man we sure are, co- are communicating a lot without our words and are mm-hmm. not interrupting each other as much as we are on school tenders mm-hmm. uh, and that was kind of when i realized like oh yeah we got to get these on we got to like it, the it's worth it even though like it's an adjustment it's definitely worth it. and it has been i think like we do the next season is all with the cameras on and i think you can tell that like we can be a li- we can take bigger swings when we can see each other mm. to agree like there's like yeah. we're less afraid to take like certain li- like more emotional swings or like character moments and stuff and we can see each other enough to like communicate non-verbally what we need to make happen verbally in the show i do want to clarify it was like for me personally and all that all that is very all that is very valid and i accept and i I agree yeah all that's good i i I didn't do not dispute never disputed that uh for me it was a concern of this takes a lot out of me to do mm-hmm. does it take like it to get into a certain headspace and it's kind of like i kind of have to build up a head of steam to like be the dm and uh facial expressions and interpreting facial expressions and uh modulating my own uh are not things that come uh freely for me those are not free actions that is a cost and until i got a little bit more comfortable uh a little bit more comfortable like this is also my first time dming virtually instead of being able to just like sit mm. at a table and like it's like okay so it's it's that classic thing that classic thing when you're trying to do a new thing as a performance which is like we're going to need to do enough of these that this doesn't this part that that I'm that I'm I've got a huge I've got a fucking camera with a thing hanging off the end of it that is pointing into my face and that that is coming between my two monitors and I just like a gun to my head <laughs> I'm just going to have to pretend that this is not happening and this is normal. And it's like, and then seeing you guys on a slide, all of that just took time for me to get used to. And I'm glad, but I'm glad we're doing it now. It's so, it's, ah, uh, what a treat. Yeah. And I get to see yeah. you guys laughing at my jokes. And that was the big sell. <laughs> yeah, right. Honestly, like, ah. like it's, a, it's, it's incredibly <laughs> edifying to physically see people laughing at the dumb shit you say. Uh, I also feel like this is good uh, future proofing because like, what if we want to do live shows in the future and stuff like that? 
Which we met. Training, training. Yeah, it's just good for show rapport, too, to see each yeah. other's faces. And it's like, ah, I see my friends laugh at my joke. We've we've all getting plus one reputation with each other now. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now, with our video cameras on, finally, we can uh, move on to the public questions. questions that we was a public for... question. Oh, okay. That was a good segue, though. Sorry. That was a good segue. <laughs> that was a great segue. I, for, I forgot uh, yeah. Honey Baked was the first one. <laughs> it's all good. This next one is from Boy Paws from public uh uh from a DM on the on the on Twitter. That's right. That's what it's called. That's correct. Um well hi there, skull tenders, he says. It is my sincere <laughs> privilege. It is my sincere privilege to regret to announce your public execution for crimes too heinous to list out uh, out loud. You know what you did. Oh, man, I tell you, I redact my well high. <laughs> <laughs> As one final act of mortal mercy, our finest chef is on standby. What are your final meals? Now, this was to the skull tenders, so I'm thinking these are going to have to be in character. In character. Okay. okay. Visk is going to want that same damn nacho. <laughs> nacho fed by the mayor. Yeah. That exact the same exact nacho. nacho fed mm-hmm. to you by the mayor. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Man, a bucket. Bucket of fried mice would just hit the spot. <laughs> just like a big red and white striped bucket, bunch of fried mice just from KFM. KFM. <laughs> KMFDM. Uh yeah. Bucket of fried mice. Okay. Uh, I think I think Felicity's would be like uh like some sort of like expertly prepared sushi dinner, something that she can mm. pretend is an elegant way to go out. Um, they just give you store bought. But she's actually secretly kind of trashy, so the drink would probably be the bottle of laudanum that Hazel <laughs> offers her some of. Forgot. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I gotta. We gotta wash down those mic with a big uh, boohoo blast. <laughs> My favorite m- morning dove, ca- morning dove <laughs> flavor boohoo blast. Uh, uh, cherry scourge. It's called boohoo blast underground. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the other characters eat. My characters eat. Slip <laughs> to my boys. Fair enough. Uh, somebody though. I oh, mm, I'm like, hmm. Mm, there's st- what do I not want to say? Hazel. Uh, Hazel's pretty Hazel. chill. Yeah. Uh, Hazel. Hazel would like. Hazel would like a meal with like a lot of vegetables. Like a lot of like a lot of like well like a lot of well made vegetable side dishes because Hazel is from a community where he's tend to have like one or two foods available. Hazel would, Hazel would like a wide variety on the way out, I think. But it's also sad to think about because he's such he's like fifteen. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the guards might not even do it. But he's consider what he did yeah. based yeah. on the question. Yeah, uh, and the guards oh. might not even do it. They might just give oh. you like some fucking frozen vegetables from the store. Mm. Mm. I, I, I wouldn't want to play their little game personally. If this was just like a me question, and it's like we're giving you a last meal, it's like don't you, feed me. It's like uh, I'm yeah. Why don't you choke on it? Like I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna give you I'm not giving you trivia. Nothing is gonna taste good to me. Everything is. It's like well, that's the last first bite I'll ever have. I, I come on. We we all know what your last meal would be. I would not have. Okay. <laughs> No. We know <laughs> you eat the same thing okay. every fucking Friday before every school tender's recording. Have, but those, yeah, those, that's I, I am sustained on it. So every Friday that we're if we're going to record school tenders on Sunday, I spend most of Friday evening and Saturday and in like all of Saturday and most of Sunday working on it. So like on on Friday night, I get myself a pizza 
Maybe you might have this place in your neighborhood. It's called Domino's. It's real good. Uh, they let you adjust. Niche little place. Yeah. They, they've invented, they've been often imitated. Um, uh, but they let you adjust how much cheese and sauce. So I get light cheese, light sauce. Then I go in and I'm like, I need a little bit of, I need something. I need a, I need a high note of oil to counterbalance. So I get some olives. I get black olives. I'm going to go ahead and get triple of those. I'm going to get green olives. Same thing. It's also light crust. I want to, Hammer that home. This is also a crunchy, thin crust. And that's what so to do. You, it. you're not gonna be able to hear it in the final recording because we're gonna have to cut it for audio reasons. <laughs> but the rest of us are all making like damage over time poison sounds. <laughs> while as Cohen says <laughs> this, <laughs> the I, I call I call I secretly call this the bastard's bruschetta. This is the <laughs> yeah. fucked up thing you have de- described here. Oh, I love that. Yeah, continue, Cohen. Stick the landing on this. The last time I had Domino's, I had the worst stomach ache of my life. And yeah, you like, barely go to sleep, so I don't do dominoes anymore. <laughs> you should try the olives. You should do triple, triple <laughs> olives. Yeah, maybe I'll use any of the five other oh pizza God. places in this fucking town. So, is there is there only three types of olives? Wow, they're holding out on you. There's only two types: green, but green olives and black olives. Only two, but I do triple of both. There's red olives too. You tri- yes, red, red olives, olives exist. Those are what are you talking? Red olives? Don't they? There's red no. olives, aren't there? What? Yeah, they. Like, I think they like do more damage and have more health. Yeah, they, uh, they they staunch bleeding. Oh, those are... No, okay, I've, I was not familiar with uh, Serignola olives. Uh, this, this sounds like oh, Italian shit, stuff. There you go. Everyone balking at the Italian and on this fucking call. This Italian stuff. <laughs> this Italian stuff. That's what we're supposed Serignola. to do at Italians. Yeah, I was going to say, just like hatched out of an olive. Like, what <laughs> yeah, are you trying normal. to tell? Just <laughs> what kind of olives there are. Don't you gaslight me about olives? I'll tell you what, they ain't got them. They ain't got them bitches and Domino's. Yeah, <laughs> That's what they need to do. Um, not fancy. If you want to put red olives on the map, they need to get get it in gear <laughs> and show up in the drop down menu of Domino's.ca. Everyone petition your local Domino's no. to get red olives. They don't have green olives in America. I was so excited when I moved up here. Uh, <laughs> they got rid of the green olives at Domino's. I could only get triple black olives, but now I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. It is not cheap. Because they do charge it as a bunch of different <laughs> topics. How, how, how steep is this pizza at the end of the day? It's not. How steeps are we talking? It, well, the thing is, it is my food for the rest of the weekend. Yes, but still, yeah. my question stands, is this a $50 pizza? Is what no, I'm that's absurd. Please, it's $45, please. $49.99. It ends, I, I tip pretty well, so it ends up being whatever. I don't know. Who cares? I remember you <laughs> saying at, like... First time I met you in person at PAX, you were saying that you left, that you went to pick it up in person one time because you had a coupon. And as you left, you heard the employee say, that's the guy who gets the pizza. So I went, so it's, I got a free pizza for, I got a a coupon, I got a coupon for a free pizza, but I had to go pick it up. So I go in and I pick it up and the guy, I'm like, hey, I I ordered this, uh, that's part of the coupon, it couldn't be a delivery. And his face, because at this point I've been ordering this like every Friday night for months and just like looking up at me, just like, oh, I don't know what he could have imagined, but it's like, I'm, I'm pretty neutral. I think if I'm the person who's coming and ordering a delicious, anyway, all of So you're the olive pervert. You're the face I can put to this horrific food crime. You could like, I could tell he was resisting saying something to me (laughs) directly or to ask a question, but, um, they still want their tip. Yeah, yeah, I, I highly recommend. Um, Cohen, it is, is it, your turn to ask this. Next it is question. my turn. Uh, hey, Skull Tenders. Hi, Skull Tenders. This is from Brian. Hello, Brian. Thank you for your DM. He asks, hello. No, 
It's still high. Hi, Skulltenders. I'm a big <laughs> fan of the little theme song that is played at the start of every episode. I was wondering if the little snippet we hear is all there is of the song. If there's more to it, then do you ever plan on releasing the song in its entirety? Keep up the good work with regards to this podcast. The answer is yes. The song exists in its full form and is on Spotify. And I think Bandcamp as well. Uh, yeah. Is it under Seth Boyer? Seth Boyer, yeah, it's on Seth Boyer's Bandcamp. Yeah, I think it's on, yeah, it's on Spotify too. Look for Seth Boyer on Spotify. I hope that's if right. you search "Heavy as the Head" theme from Skulltenders, you will also find it. Yeah, that's the name of that song, "Heavy as the Head." I'm also half convinced that we do play the full song in the very first episode. We do, I believe. We do. Yes. yes. That is the full version of the song. But yeah, it can be purchased right now uh, uh, on Bandcamp. Goes to just look for sethboyer.bandcamp.com. Uh, Heavy is the head is the name of the track if you want to find it elsewhere. Spotify. I'll I'll make sure the link. I'll I'll put a link in the show notes for this one. Nice, nice. All right, uh, Amber, you're the next one from A Meat. All right, A Meat sends a question via email and says, "If your characters (parentheses or you personally, whatever you prefer) won the race for stewardship of the afterlife." What would your theme be for the afterlife? Also, what weird arbitrary rule would you add to all future afterlives? And then there's a second question, which is specifically at Cohen. Did the mayor have to pick Planchette as his running mate, or did he appoint her after he seized power? And does the Queen of Hell have a running mate? Those both seem like lore questions that'll be answered at better times than now. <laughs> the oh, the back, the, the, the Juice, second juicy ones? times. Yeah, yeah the, the 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 second two, the last two. I feel like those are just like spoilers for something. I will cool say in the that future. for the second two, that is like that is a certainly an interesting question. I will say that they have a complicated relationship. <laughs> but I will kick it back to y'all. Would the theme of the afterlife be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would what would the vibe of your afterlife be? You've seen mine, which is Epcot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have I mentioned that the mayor is base is just Daniel Plainview plus uh, Walt Disney on the Epcot pitch on like the hour? Yeah, but not Ep- in public. Not in public. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So the mayor is based on this is and this is good. In- instead of the answer to the question you asked for or the answer yeah. uh, question for the others, I'm going to jump ahead with an unrelated answer. Uh, yeah, the mayor is largely based on Daniel Plainview, the character from uh, There Will Be Blood. Our, our, our boy Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. I'm an oil man. Welcome to my oil factory. Welcome to my strange afterlife. Uh, combined with specifically Walt Disney in the pitch video for Epcot. When he's like, ah, a city of tomorrow. When he's like, ah, but I can't, but Walt's, I can't really do a Walt voice. And a also city I was of like, tomorrow. Yeah, this, this, this also is just going to be like, well, that's just a one-to-one. That's not as fun. Mm. But, um. What would y'all's vibes and zones be? Uh, do you remember the opening scene to Blade where they're in like the dark electronica club? Blood Rave? Yeah. Blade. Like that. <laughs> that would be the whole thing. That would be the whole shtick. Uh, and I think Felicity is... Felicity would probably also have a reincarnation-based afterlife, but I think it would perhaps not involve losing all of your memories. Whether or not this is a good idea is a separate question, but that's probably how she would want it to be. Oh, uh, you'll end up like the Eternals. You'll get the mad weary. <laughs> anybody, anybody else? Eternals heads. Like, I can hear crickets across the country. <laughs> <laughs> Last gasp of me. I watch these movies. Uh, what the hell was it called in Super Mario Brothers movie 93? New Dino City? Dino Hatton. Dino, Dino Hatton, Hatton, bitch. 
Yeah. You're <laughs> asking the perfect person. I know. Guess yeah. what's shipping from Australia right now? And I got an email about it. The fucking Blu-ray. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. Hang on a second. There you go. Uh, Dino Hatton. That would doo-doo wouldn't turn it into that. <laughs> That's what Jess would turn it into. <laughs> doo-doo and Jess have the same answer. Okay, fine. Doo-doo would turn it into fucking um, cheeseburgers. No, we can have the same answer. Yeah. Okay. It was either, it was either or or Al Minneapolis or, or cheeseburgers in paradise, like one of those fucking uh, restaurants. I could see, I could all uh, Margaritaville town. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A sprawling Margaritaville. There are no Margaritasvilles in in the Mayor's Afterlife because they're all successful. Uh, well, yeah, of course True. not. There wouldn't be any. And when they are destroyed, they have no regrets. Yeah. I literally went mm. to a, a Cheeseburgers in Paradise not knowing it was Jimmy Buffett themed. And I was just like, <laughs> with my parents and friends and family. And I was just like, what the fuck is this his name? Is it Jimmy Buffett? And they're like, yes. Casey's just like, oh, okay. Cheeseburgers in Paradise, two of my favorite things. Wait, does Perfect. he have two restaurants? Does he have Margaritaville and Cheeseburger yes. in Paradise? Yes. I went to one in Oklahoma. With, I was I was visiting my family. Okay. <laughs> yes, I have to go to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you traveled all the way there for it. Yeah. I don't even know anyone there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I think it's uh, Amber. You asked that last one, suggests. So also, I specifically did not say what Visks would be. Cause I don't even think Visk knows. <laughs> I don't know what Visks would be. The mayor's afterlife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it would be the same. <laughs> no notes. Yeah, yeah, they exactly. Don't, they don't have a sense of imagination right now, so I don't think they have any aspirational dreams of something like that. Yeah, yeah. you would be like, who's the guy they brought back at Disney? Who's like the guy that they got rid of and they brought him back? The guy who just buys shit. Bob Iger? Iger? Yeah, you would be like Iger. Bob Iger. You would be the Bob Iger of Disney. <laughs> of, of the afterlife. I'm just going to do what the last guy did. <laughs> I'm going to ruin the fast pass system. <laughs> what a scourge. Uh, Jess, I believe you Oh, it's my up. turn. Yeah. Uh, em- Emily K., uh, who is a permanent resident but still used the email. <laughs> Damn it, that's not it. <laughs> I have it on two buttons? What's wrong with me? (laughs) Stay a while and ask. Anyway, hi, darlings. Hope you're all sauced up after a great first season. What do you think? uh, What do you each think was the big moment for your characters this season? What made you say, oh, shit, turning point for me in this character? And how much did the ball cup and theme play into it? It wasn't for my character, but I'll admit when I heard the final ball cup and theme, I was like, wow, we sure are a real ass show, huh? <laughs> We're cooking. We're cooking <laughs> yeah, now. It's always like, damn, we are cooking. Yeah. Uh, I definitely think it was the dream I had where all the birds oh, yeah. were like telling me to do better. <laughs> do better. <laughs> I'm glad you liked that. That was fun. That was, I, that was, was taking a, I was taking a risk there. Thank you for- um, No, it, it seriously was like my character and all that stuff I didn't really take as seriously because like, yeah, we could die and it would be fine. And then you gave me some stakes and I was like, okay. And then the Dylan, <laughs> the Dylan apocalypse, the pickle apocalypse happened and I was truly like <laughs> kind of stuck like, I don't know what to fucking do. How do I keep this vulture alive? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could just yeah. die and it'll be fine, but now that I have a goal, <laughs> I should do something. I also, uh, you know, it's not like a, it's a quiet turning point, I guess, but for Dudu, uh, like having an aside with Fisk during High Noon, where like he's clearly like s- scared that Fisk is changing as a person for the worst, and it's just like follow your heart or whatever. And it's yeah. like, oh, like Dudu has this like little wise secret side that he doesn't like, f- you know, have in the forefront. It's like, oh, that's like 
more complex than like I think we've seen like Doo Doo mostly be. Yeah, yeah, the one that the one that revealed that for me for Doo Doo was uh, when the mayor's like, "Oh, we seem to have come to a stalemate." And Doo goes, "Well, so and what are we? Your pawns?" Yeah, it was you good. Pawns. Like, and yeah, that was that was really good. That was really step. quick. I was like, ah, I'm glad I have a thing prepared to disrupt the scene. <laughs> glad I was waiting <laughs> to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that for the for my own for Felicity, I guess there's two of them. There's one for like individual character, and I guess me as a performer, which is the second part of High Noon because it was my first episode where it was like, I'm going to grab the reins of how this episode is going to play out because uh, I had the plan to fight scarlet i had the bomb and i had all that and that like was really very cool it was like my first like i am feeling very confident as an improviser uh and that's you know i think that has carried throughout that and the argument that leads into the reveal of syrup yeah uh which was like a big our first big dm is not really there heavily character interaction scene felt really good and that felt really like we it was like a moment where i felt very strongly like we are all really inhabiting our characters right now yeah mm-hmm. that was, like graveyard shift had two different like arguments between the three of us that was like that didn't feel like there was a timer on it but we all let the scene like play out and it's just like here's the end of it uh and then it got interrupted by syrup the second one but it's like that's the perfect place to interrupt this yeah 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 this makes sense that sort of uh similar thing happened in uh Right, well, the next one. And, uh, what is the name of it? Uh, Happy Hour. Happy Hour. Happy, Happy hour. hour. The one you guys are starting, it's at the start when you guys have, like, a lot of time to walk around. I, like, I literally just put, like, okay, I'm just gonna describe the things they're walking past, but as that is the only involvement in this scene I'm gonna have. Like, yeah. the original was like, ah, oh, the mayor will be right there. I was like, no, I like that thing in Graveyard Shift where they were all about it um i like what i like when we're trusted to just like carry a scene with the three characters that's like always really really fun i like it a lot yeah it's quite rewarding as a performer to especially like for us where it's like we are all experienced being funny long before this we're all kind Mm. of like real life clowns uh but we weren't like people with heavy experience in tabletop um and it's been it was really cool to get to the point where it's like oh i feel like we all are kind of really able to live in our characters in a way i don't think that we would have had the confidence to do when we started initially that was very cool Hmm. and uh this keeps having big moments so don't make me choose (laughs) i'm very lucky i'm very spoiled in this regard visc visc is so central to the way the world works because of like their species yeah unbeknownst to me that my species would be so important to the the layout of things like oops big things keep happening like threatening hazel was huge i didn't know it would be that huge i thought like oh here's a fun thing to do that i think would be a fun uh, monkey wrench uh fucking shooting nokia was a big like shit what would be the most interesting thing to do right now sort of yes. moment. even though i'm just like i know it's a mistake like in yeah. my head i'm just like oh that's a bad idea but sure would be interesting if it happened and like i'm just kind of going about role playing with that kind of idea in my mind it didn't really have it wasn't like there was like an obvious good thing to do there no yeah but no. it just felt like that's a clearly not that one clearly is obviously not good. Like, mm-hmm. there's still, like, a part of you that's still trying to, like, scramble for a nicer answer than shooting a kid. You know? <laughs> I think that sometimes yeah. stories are good or better. So, like, some of this, some of this, like, came a little bit about, like, giving you guys more time. A lot of something you might be hearing in the early episodes is me adapting from being a video game writer to doing whatever this is. DM, DM and a game master and 
which is uh, you do not really necessarily leave space when you are doing a game for like, and here's where the player will talk to themselves and make their own fun for a while. Like, well, maybe you do, but uh, maybe if you're better than me, uh, you do that or worse. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll leave that up to you. But but you guys, you guys, you guys make such a strong case for it. It was like, all oh, right, I, I really got to leave space that isn't just like giving you prompts to react to, but also just like letting y'all react to each other. And that that is that is I would say that is my big growth as a as a as a as, a, as the DM. Like that's that's my big moment is uh, learning to shut up for a while. I'll let y'all kind of. There, there, I have I have a fear of like not doing enough. It's something that comes from playing in like smaller ta- uh, private games is where it's like, it's like, oh, I am very much the thing that is keeping things ru- running and like almost to the point of like being a, uh, I don't know. So I'm, I'm getting, I'm rambling a little no, bit. But I, I think I know what you, like, it's like when you play home games where people who are maybe like more video game people are not like doing a creative project together. There's a lot more of like, I do my attack, turn to Cohen for flavor. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to on the show where it's like everybody, as it's gone on, has handled a lot more of their fl- the, the flavor way in which they operate and kind of just look to you for result. Yeah. There's, to the there's... point where even like we cut it, obviously, because like we tighten the show up to sound like a nice little radio drama. But like there would be times where it'd be like, We'll both kind of start be like, oh, are you going to take the flavor on this one, or am I? Like, am I? Yeah. And my 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 preference is to always let y'all do it if you have something because yeah. that's easier for me. Mm-hmm. And like ultimately, the only way to do this in a long enough time is to find the places where you can save effort. Yeah, because you you can spend you can spend a lot of time getting ready for a D and D session and not use a lot of what you came up with. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a different thing. You, what you got to think is that you're making prompts. Not a cage. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really scan. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Sure. Prompts on a script. Prompts on a script. There it is. There you go. On a script. All right, we're coming down to the last several. All right. Yeah. This next one's from Paul G via email. Uh, what would it take for your character to explode in righteous indignation, and what form would it take? Stay tuned. <laughs> I think we would simply just explode, so that's the form it would take, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm getting Bodily. that correctly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. what would you cause us to do that? Up. Yeah, that what would cause us to do that? Would cause the character to do that? Uh, probably someone not not liking light beer for doo <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, but he do that like old seventies, like when a when a when a, you would jokingly blow up a bird, it would just be nothing but feathers, like they're made out of <laughs> like no meat, no blood, just yeah. feathers. I always thought Oof. that was very funny when I saw that in old shows. <laughs> I think that the se- for the rest of the party, it's like, wow, we sure do have a second season. You'll enjoy. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned is what I can say. This is a precog sending in a question. That's true. I mean, Felicity, you have exploded before. <laughs> Literally, yes. Yeah, so it's supposed to do, I guess. But uh, yeah, you will you will see Visk explode in righteous indignation very very soon. Yeah, you'll uh, see how do they the mean, party I, handles conflict. Do they? They mean, don't mean literally exploding, Casey. <laughs> you see it with Felicity in Graveyard Shift. The like, if, if if it's not such a big deal, go ahead and step over the line and show us. Is mm. Felicity's version of that? That's a very subtle exp- indignant explosion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This goes way, way harder than that. <laughs> She's, she has much more reserve. Yeah. I think I read this one. Too, I thought of this too literally. When I said explode, <laughs> I'd be like, well, we've exploded before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought you, yeah. You're, you're misunderstanding the question. Uh, that, well, then it's funny. 
Righteous, <laughs> righteous indignation, like the name of a Rude Tales NPC. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, my name is Righteous Indignation. What will it take for you to explode with your dear friend? <laughs> a bomb. Speak- yeah, that'll do it. Bomb by the heart. Uh, it's, a good, it's a good question. I think that uh, we are, yeah, definitely y'all are pushing, getting pushed more towards those uh, as things are rolling along. Uh, I liked when Doo Doo. Uh, pull out a stick, used Conk as a weapon for the first time ever in like a very specific way in High Noon to like stop to like protect somebody. It was a nice moment. I was oh, like, nice oh, that's that's the thing. Fever pitch for the character, yeah, mm. yeah. It's good righteously stuff. indignated. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Mac asks via email, "What size shoe does Doo wear?" Thirteen. Wow. He's a big boy. He's got big Damn. feet. Damn. No, yeah, real big boy. No kidding. Nice, nice specific question. Yeah. Nice specific answer. <laughs> Should yeah. I go ahead and post feet? Me? Because that is that is my shoe size also. My, my, Crocs, oh, my Crocs are size 13. KC, that's a higher Patreon tier than we're prepared to provide content mm, for. That's the $1,000 tier. Yeah. <laughs> that's the $1,000 tier. You get doo-doo feet. Ooh, yeah. yeah you get the cloaca and you get the feet. Now, no, now, now, people's you know, people are really going to be like, you're copying Rude Tales of Magic. You can't uh, do that so because what? that's one of the fucking tiers. Oh, then never mind. One, one of the tiers on Rude Tales' thing is is Bellows Feet. Yes. When we were initially talking about the show, and like I interviewed a couple different people who are already in the space. Obviously, one of the ones I talked to was Branson Reese, and he told us that, and he was like, "Yeah, you can steal that if you want." Yeah. So I, I have clearance. <laughs> Branson's fucking cool. That was a cool guy. Yeah, yeah Branson's guy. great. What an uh, angel. Yes. As, and, and what a great segue into the next question. Yes, our last question. Z. Well, two. Yeah, Bex K uh, via email asks, what are your strongest podcasting influences? And second question, what is the meanest D&D puzzle you've ever seen? Starting with the first one, what are your strongest podcasting influences? I thought about this ahead of time because I, like, you know, I read the questions uh, and was like, ah, I'm going to be professional. Read the questions ahead of time for the, <laughs> the public school talkers. <laughs> I thought about this one and like, what led me to be like to you know try to get everybody together and do school uh school tenders and it's like probably like it's like the acquisitions in- incorporated live shows was my first exposure to the idea that D could be like a performance that other people enjoy uh and then from there uh adventure zone came out and i was like oh this is really funny and engaging and i'm really enjoying following this on a regular basis and then there was some downtime where there wasn't a D&D podcast I was following. I got really into an improv podcast called Mission to Zix. And Mission to Zix is like, the world is entirely made up. It is unlike most, they, the previous things I consumed, which are already based in like the D&D source books and whatnot. It was an entirely new world that they were creating. And the idea of like, oh, you can create an audio show, improv-based audio comedy show that has a, a world that I'm getting engaged with was put into my head there. And then I, Root Tales of Magic came out and sort of synthesized those two concepts I already had, which was like, you can make a D&D piece of media that's really fun, and you can create a media that has its own original world, uh, and people will engage with it and be really into it. And I think that was kind of the final push there. I was like, I think, I, you know, actually, I think we're going to reach make this happen. Reach out to some people and make this happen. Yeah. Uh, Huzzah. I mean, yes, uh, definitely way, way, way back when, like when fourth edition both dropped, uh, first dropped those Penny Arcade Acquisition Incorporated podcasts, which was just Chris Perkins, I want to say, just doing the, yeah, yeah, doing the original, uh, just like running them through. Here's what fourth edition Dungeons and Dragons is. And it was like a really great introduction to like, oh, this is, oh, okay. One, maybe one day I will get to play this. And I, I think I played fourth edition like twice. 
Yeah. Uh, Some of those were a real treat. I still think about the uh, the one where they go to the dark magic estate and there's the guy who has fade blindness, which he claims is a condition that makes it so you can't see elves. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like one of the party members is an elf. It's, it's really good. good. Uh, but also, obviously, Rootail's huge, uh, huge, huge, huge. They're doing uh, really good stuff. Really, I love it. Branson, so funny. Carly, Chris, Allie, Joe, and Tim, uh, and and Kodiak on the on the on the on the on the audio these days, and some other folks. Lots of some great. Sam, I think I think Sam Grant is somebody too. Ah, I'm not yes, mistaken. Uh, just they're like the vibe. The vibe that it's like this can matter without being self-important. This like the th- the wor- things in the universe can be important without the show itself becoming self-important. And that's like a that's like an unkind thing to level at like any piece of art it is self-importance is like it's one of those things like pretentious or it's like what do you really mean when you're saying this? yeah are exactly. you mad that somebody cares but there i, I feel like there are there are ver- there are versions of me trying of me trying to dm this show that take some stuff a lot that are a lot less uh that are a lot more stringent and luckily that stuff i got out at private games so with this it's like no no we're just we're having fun um oh it's a, it's a really good podcast um anime sickos those guys are funny we love just love them they're funny uh but we're talking about influences not really just good podcasts i like anime yeah. sickos as well but i didn't really get influenced by them uh, as much as like yes adventure zone was really big that was about when like D was becoming more a little mainstream like like there was the community episode about it. The IT crowd did one that I was like, "Oh, okay, this is fun. This is interesting." That's what got. That's what kind of got me interested. Um, and I for for improv stuff, I, I really you you, were, you Amber, you maybe remember the uh, the the show Super Ego. I do. Yeah that that one I really liked. Whenever I heard that, I would listen to that across when I would going across country to see family. Super Ego was so funny. I. Uh... Adventure Zone for me too. Sorry, yeah, I should have mentioned that too. It, Balance Arc was like pretty foundational for like, oh wow, you can do really good stuff with music. Yeah, this. yeah, um, that was that was a tight little thing those boys made. Mm-hmm. I, I am I am the sole person, perhaps on Earth in in nerd circles, that has not uh, been exposed much to the McElroy's uh, podcast uh, emporium. Uh, but uh no real reason i don't know um but uh i i am simply somebody who has been on more podcasts than they've listened to which is <laughs> fucked up um and it is simply because i have a brain that does not allow me to do two things at once in that way uh, and also i don't have a big commute if i commuted a lot places like sure i'd be into a lot more podcasts that's when i got really the adventure zone is i had yeah. to walk to a mile and a half to work and i was yeah, like well, I'll just yeah, listen to the yeah. podcast and 100%. So i ripped through it i would let a lot of podcasts i was listening to build up and then when i went on my long drives to visit family in oklahoma from massachusetts boy oh boy would i catch up on a lot of things Mm-mm. uh but yeah, I just don't. I just don't uh, have a lot of commutes, so I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, and that's really the only like thing I can multitask if I'm listening to a podcast is driving. I cannot do anything else. So when I say I'm a big fan of Rude Tales of Magic and of Oh These Those Stars of Space, 
I hope you realize how insane that statement is because I'm saying they are worth staring at a wall for. Do you, ju- do you just do you just sit there like you and Cohen both do this and it's wild to me. I can't do shit. I make a, I make a whole thing out of rose tails. I, I I sit and listen to it. Yeah, I I go for I walk a lot. I can't scroll my phone. I I can't I can't draw. That's insane. I'm an artist too. You can't even play like Binding of Isaac, like like a no, like a boring, no. not a boring. That's but what like, I do. I play Dungeon Crawl and yeah. I'm listening I back can't. to our episodes. My goodness, I my can't. Goodness. I I realize I'm paying too much attention to the game, and I haven't heard the last like 15 minutes of whatever right was happening you. whatsoever. Yeah. I cannot. There's something autistically going on in here. Yeah, it's an the, audio. The, it's literally audio processing. It's audio processing. Yeah. Hundreds of hours of Binding of Isaac were spent listening to. You know, a podcast or a YouTube thing or no, something. No, all of my hundreds of hours in Binding of Isaac were spent in rapt attention to Binding of Isaac, <laughs> like a sicko. I don't really Lord. do. I don't really play games while I do other things either. I don't. Really, yeah, I, I just need really. something to do with my hands for like ADHD reasons. If I'm going to focus on something audio wise. I said so we had, we were first recording Skull Tenders to because I you know I want to listen back to the episodes, especially early on, to make sure they're consistent. Uh I beat the entirety of Quest 64 for the N64. Oh, right. That's right. Yeah. Because there's almost no game there. <laughs> there's just mechanics. <laughs> yeah. It's perfect. Um, but yeah, uh, those are the two big podcasts that I have listened to, do listen to, continue to give a big shit about is uh, Oh, These, Those Stars of Space and Rude Tales of Magic. Uh, and uh, that, Rude Tales of Magic was also my COVID hyperfixation. So that led me to where I am today. Uh, and clearly my uh, editing style is extremely uh, like inspired by uh, Taylor Moore's editing style uh, and an extension, Kodiak, Sanders, and uh, Sam Grant uh, going in into the future. Uh, but Taylor Moore, you know, respect, uh, laid down the groundwork for, for a standard that I was like, oh shit, it can sound this good? Oh, dope. I'll do that. <laughs> it's really a testament to having a how useful it is to have a really engaged part of the team uh, audio editor. Like, it really does make a difference because the amount of time an audio <laughs> editor has to put in, they should just be like, that. you got to consider that person a member. Like, yeah. <laughs> get, get yourself autistic fans. That's the, that's the big <laughs> podcast mm-hmm. advice. <laughs> get you, you some hyper fixating fans and mm-hmm. you are, it's, it's smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as, and as long as you don't disappoint them. Yes, never. That's never fun, break my that's heart. That's that's you got the tiger by the tail. Uh, I, <laughs> I I have an answer for the. It was sorry. We're still going influences. No, no, yeah. oh no, that's right. The meanest D and D puzzle you've ever seen. Oh, that's oh, right. Uh, it's probably just uh, Mouth of the Green Demon from uh, Tomb of Horrors. There's a, a a sphere of annihilation embedded in the wall early in the Tomb of Horrors. That it just looks like a hole in the wall, and if you go into it, it instantly annihilates anything goes into it. You'll lose limbs. It can kill your character instantly with no saving throw. Um, but most importantly about that is that there is a place later where you can get teleported, and you get teleported out of an invisible portal that is directly in front of the green demon, suggesting to you that you've come out of that mouth, implying you should go back into it to get back. No. That's no, the word. No. That is the most cruel <laughs> no. and unusual puzzle I've ever heard is Gary Gygax's own Tomb of Horrors Mouth of the Green Demon. Yeah. That's there not was a puzzle. A, well, it was a different, it was, well, it was a different, it was a different era. Your, your characters weren't really characters. You were basically, they were like, it was like, you would often have like, be controlling multiple characters. You had like a squad back then. Yeah, because that was just how it was. And so it's like, Mm. there are these modules that are basically like, DMs were like, I don't, nothing is a challenge because 
the game doesn't scale. It was fifth first edition. Like nothing was like a challenge. So it was like, I need something to challenge my players. He was like, I got something. Uh, I have this puzzle that I made that I, I could tell you guys about that I made for a private game. Um, mm-hmm. The way it works is it's a hallway. Uh, it's like a long hallway uh, with a door at the end. And there are arrow there there are arrow traps on the tiles making up most of the hallway and those arrow traps form an arrow that is pointing at a space on the wall so when you step on it you get shot with an arrow and then you if you're tracking that but also Mm. so that's what that gets your attention as you're coming down the hall first an illusory a, a log comes at you like a stone log rolls toward you uh, it is an illusion, and when you, if you, but when they jump to avoid it, the ceiling is actually only six feet high. But there's an illusion <laughs> that it's a ten foot high ceiling. So when they jump to avoid the log, <laughs> they will hit their head on the ceiling. Then they will discover it is actually a fake log. Then a another log comes, and that one's real. <laughs> that one's real, and so when they, if they just try to let it hit them, it will knock them down. Um, is this a puzzle or is this Cohen being a scotch? I'm not done. Uh, <laughs> then there is. Those are kind of similar in, yeah. in DM world. But go on. Uh, then if so, those are, those are just the two logs. And when you get, if you figure out the arrow thing, you see where it's pointing at and look at it. There is a spot on the wall, very small, that reads caution. And then when they read it, it drops a log. It drops a, la- a third log directly on top of their head. Is that a puzzle? This looks like fortress. Good God! How is anyone <laughs> supposed to solve that? What what part of that is a puzzle, my man? Uh, it's asked for meanest puzzle, not best designed puzzle. It's, puzzle <laughs> it's not even a puzzle. It's just a gauntlet of bullshit. It is the puzzle is to get down there with avoiding. It's just a trap. Yeah, closest. that's all. My question. My question is the second log that's real in its uh, path toward the players. It's it's rolling over those tiles, right? Does it trigger the arrows going off? No, they have to be stepped on individually. That is bullshit. That is fucking bullshit. That's one hundred percent bullshit. Plate. It's distributed. I, w- I would have left the table. I would have took took my things and left. The thing was, I did this dungeon. The dungeon was full of stuff like that, but it wasn't how I. It wasn't what the game was normally like like there was like i had an illusion i had a gargoyle statue and there was an in like an illusion there wasn't actually a gargoyle statue it was just an illusion but there was real fire coming out of it from behind the statue just like a bunch of bullshit it's just fun you can just it's very tomb of horrors type stuff yeah that's what i was doing i was going for something like that just for fun Going for mean stuff. Um, I haven't played enough D&D, so I don't have a real answer, but I did used to work at an escape room for quite a time, for like three years, and I've done a bunch of unfair escape rooms, so I will tell you an unfair escape room puzzle that I did. It was in a uh, room that was full of typos uh, to begin with. <laughs> the, type, the typos oh, no. did not mean anything. That's the meanest even, thing in the world for like an escape even room. Even the name, the name of the room was misspelled it was called the ancient pyramid and it was spelt with an i instead of a y oh and it doesn't mean anything yeah. no it's just misspelled oh. so i was like we're doing this room because it's going to be a fucking travesty if the name is misspelled so you get into this room and it is pitch fucking dark we have like i want to say six people and two lanterns 
that the batteries are dying in. You cannot see fucking anything. The reason you can't see anything is because the room looked like fucking shit. But there was a puzzle where you were supposed to, an alien was telling you to fill the black hole with photons. It's a light. Fill the black hole with photons. And you keep on like, yelling at us. It's like, bitch, we're trying. This shit sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not capable of lighting into this thing that is clearly the thing that is uh, triggered by uh, a, a light. Uh, so I just took out my fucking cell phone and shone my cell phone into it and it fucking worked. Uh, make your escape rooms work. <laughs> Bullshit. Uh, I there was also one, there was a rule where you should not be climbing on anything and there was a fucking ladder in the room. <laughs> so I'm like having an autistic dilemma being like, but the rules said I'm not supposed to. No! <laughs> if you're autistic, do you have to climb ladders? Yeah, they're compelled to. The rules said don't do it, but there's a ladder here. And I'm like, but they said not to. Are they fucking with- it was like a whole- (laughs) Jess is still on the level of autism where she (laughs) expects the world to make sense and is frustrated. I have transcended to knowing that nothing is real. Mm -hmm. All is absurd. Death is the only escape. Yes. (laughs) I'm looking forward to that stage. (laughs) That's the final stage is death is the only escape? Good God. It's the final escape for us all. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, I mean, that's crazy. You should make a podcast about that. Yeah, that's sort of the... I don't know if you heard the first episode. <laughs> but then I'll be autistic in hell. That sucks. <laughs> that's, I wow, you should make a podcast you about that. You won't have any time to be autistic in hell. You'll be being tortured. The meanest D&D puzzle I saw was the one Cohen just said. Uh, but the real answer is... Uh, probably from Elden Ring. Any of the fucking little uh, caves... I didn't play a lot of D and D. That's what that. it was inspired by. I was playing oh. Elden Ring at the time. I was like, it was just an Elden Ring style puzzle. There was specifically one that had like multiple uh, that would transport you because they didn't have mimics in Elden Ring. I don't think, but they had trapped chests, and yeah. one put mm-hmm. you into a, mm-hmm. a, a map of a cave <laughs> that was the exact same map as the one you were just in, yes. but with a little things change. So it was like a, it was like mm. a little two, double maze. You had to be like, well, which one takes me to the right path on that one? That one took me fucking a lot longer than I thought. That was the meanest Motherfuckers. one. Motherfuckers. Yeah. And, it, and they really were playing up the fact that it all kind of looked the same. <laughs> that was yeah, like, they were doing it to fuck with you. It's that funny. was very brilliant, I thought, compared to like <laughs> the uh, randomly generated Bloodboard dungeons that uh, that was complete afterthought for them. Oh, God, there's the procedurally generated ones. Ew, mm-hmm, they were awful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the, the, the dungeons in Elden Ring or the caves or whatever they're called were like a perfect like version of what they were trying to uh, like tell us like yeah these are just yeah. fun little puzzle areas they suck <laughs> fuck you <laughs> should do a jawbone about worst and best dungeons and games oh that would be good yeah. that's a good one but for now i think we are we are wrapped up on our public skull talkers yeah thank yeah. you guys so so much for all your questions thank you to uh frankly thank you to everybody who's listening right now like who has hopped on early has posted about or made fan art or talked about the show referred it to your friends or it's just been really great to see the groundswell of people engaging with it it's incredibly rewarding when you make something and people really resonate with it thank you folks yeah i'm gonna say uh if 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 you feel the spirit moving within you to leave a review for the show even if it's just a stars you ain't got to do words all those those are nice if you want to tell your friends about it uh we would much appreciate it i don't Mm -hmm. know if you notice but uh, the internet doesn't really work anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> we feel like letting people know. Um, it's a little busted. We, it's much appreciated. Every the retweets, the, the telling telling your friends because uh, people listen to their friends. Tell the yeah. people in your life. Yeah, that tells 
podcast grow. Word of mouth is good. M- more important than ever is yeah. word of yeah. mouth in this broken fucking internet. True. Uh, so Absolutely. Yes, please please uh, freely and uh, sassily even uh, talk about this show wherever yeah. you feel you you feel the urge to make hey. forum make forum threads or forums back that'd be cool some forums yeah that'd be so cool come if join I'm... us on the discord if you're not yeah i was gonna say or you know if you like this if you've enjoyed this we do this every other week uh on our patreon and the, uh, signing up for the patreon also gets you access to our discord so you can communicate with other people in the community and we're also all on there hanging out Yep. Yeah, it's a good time. Uh, uh, I want to say thank you so much to everybody. Yeah. It's just been yeah. it's been an absolute treat of a creative project to be part of, and I'm very excited for the second season, yeah, which will be on March 6th, I believe. Ought to be. <laughs> yeah, there yep. we go. All Unless right. something fucked up happens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and shouts out to Seth. Couldn't be here, but he's our yeah. He's our, oh he's yeah. He's our uh, forever fifth member of the crew. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ir- irreplaceable of the DK crew. Yeah. Uh, folks, that'll do it for this Skull Tenders public episode. We'll see you next end of season, I guess, for another one. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. join our Patreon and yeah. follow us on Skull Tenders. On, follow us on whatever social media. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's patreon.com slash Skull Tenders. We're out. Bye. Much love. Much love to you. Bye. 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 Well, hi. Well, hi. Well, bye. Well, hi.